0: All right, folks, last time we did a buying guide about the best video games available. Now Nonpro is going to give you the best board games or tabletop games available for the holiday season. I'm Frank. I'm joined in studio, as always, by James, Pete, Pope, and Cappy. Hooray! tabletop games now this is really where i shine i as much as i enjoy a video game i really enjoy the collaborative effort of playing a board game with my friends and a lot of my friends uh these days seem to be going crazy buying board games i'm super
1: excited about this frank because i have also been pretty into board games recently I've uh-huh. been playing a lot of new games, and I think I've got a couple of really good suggestions
0: for you guys to buy this holiday season. All right. Sounds great. Let's get straight into it. Obviously, our um, our selection and our, our choices here are not going to be for everyone. We're going to try to give you an idea of what type of gamer would like this type of game most likely, and if necessary, we're going to do a follow-up show and do even more kinds of games if you like this sort of thing. All right. So let's go. James, what, what's your first pick?
1: I'm going to start off with an easy one for every level of gamer from hardcore to casual. It's a game called Codenames. Codenames is really cool because it's a very basic sort of card guessing game. You lay out a five by five grid of cards where there are a bunch of different words on it, and you have to make your team guess which words are yours by only using one word to describe all of those words. If you guess wrong, though,
0: you lose. So uh, what kind of Words are there in this? Like, what are the code names? You can see
1: things like octopus undertaker egypt castle all basic words and there are a couple other different versions of codenames which can switch this up there's a picture version which is crazy pictures of like kind of mixed up things like flying octopuses and just like really weird stuff and there's also a like a dirty version which oh. is all innuendo type stuff
0: uh-huh. um so in your innuendo in- <laughs> <laughs> we both have to report to HR I know
1: But the normal game is is just um, a bunch of common common words and phrases
0: Alright, that sounds good So have you actually got a chance to play this game?
1: I have I own Codenames and have played all three different versions I've played the picture version and the innuendo version um, I'm going to say the original and picture are my favorite innuendos, uh, fun, but uh, I don't know. It just wasn't the novelty of it was kind of good for a chuckle, but that was about it.
2: All right. Sounds good. I've actually got one to talk about recently. Longshot Ken and I sat down and played a few games of Castle Ravenloft. Oh, I've heard the, about uh, this. For the D&D fans. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons has been releasing a number of adventures in a, a boxed, board game format and they they revisit some of their uh th- their most famous and well-loved adventures and it's it's actually very interesting it, there's lots of different levels at which you can play from beginner you've never played a d and d adventure before to you could play it as a seasoned Adventure with with really uh, involved rules.
0: That's really cool. A lot of people have been criticizing D anD D recently, or role playing games in general, mm-hmm. as being too um, board gamey and at the same time too complicated, too hard to get in and on. To be honest, yeah. I think this is a good onboarding. If you want, always wanted to play a role playing game and you just can't, yeah. this is a smart idea. This
2: is a great way of transition uh, of getting into the game in a board gamey way. And if you decide you like it, you can transition to the pen and paper for more freedom right uh one of the things i really dig about it and this is going to be a great way for people who don't have a group of friends where one person could be the game master right right or dungeon master you don't need that the game does it itself so you can even if you don't have even one friend that you can get in you can play this solitaire oh that's pretty awesome which is neat yeah it's it's a really cool concept I uh, so w- when you need when you're all by yourself and you need your D and D fix, this is a great way to go. Castle Ravenloft was the first in the series because it's probably the most recognizable adventure. But they've since expanded it. There's ones that focus on giants. There's a brand new one for the uh, the Tomb of Annihilation.
0: Oh, that's really cool. That's really yeah. fun.
2: I've I've only had a chance to play Castle Ravenloft, but from what I've read in other reviews, they just keep getting better from there. And Castle Ravenloft was amazing oh
0: man and the other I great thing want
2: to play this it's got dungeon tiles for you to play and miniatures actual miniatures they don't give you little cardboard counters oh i mean nice. there are our are little ca- so cardboard re- tokens it really is
0: a starter for like i want to get into games. it really oh, is oh, you uh, can uh,
2: you can take the uh the miniatures you can paint them up if you want just like real miniatures and they're good they're, they're from the same molds as a lot of the old uh DD plastic minis when the they had the uh the standalone d and I, I forget what they were calling it, but there was, there was a D&D oh, yeah, Miniatures game. Yeah,
0: yeah, I remember that. It's called 4th Edition. Whoa! 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 Deep
2: cut. I have a quick one for
0: people who are into a little bit more uh, pick-and-play games, like something that you would to be good in a car ride. This is actually something we've talked about in the past. We first ran across Haywire Group and Haha ha Mustache at, I think, a toy fair, maybe two or three years ago. And this game is simple as hell and a lot of fun. And there are different versions of the game but effectively you'll have a deck of cards that have a recognizable mustache on them. You hold it up against your face so it looks like you're, you've are you got the mustache and the card itself has the name of whose mustache that is and about like I think five clues as to who, who this is. Five increasingly more complicated clues. So everybody else who's looking at you has to guess what mustache that is. Some people are going to get it just from the look of it and then they they can ask questions and you can, uh, you know, pose those, and it gets a little bit more simple and more direct. They have, uh, I believe a, a deck for dead people, a deck for living people, and a deck for fictional people. Wario's mustache, very recognizable, but so is Hitler's, and uh, that's a game that you really. I don't know what you can say about that when, when you have one of those two characters you can play. It's a lot of fun. It is a. It's definitely a car ride party game. You could play it anywhere, or you could get super formal about it and like uh, play it at a convention, I guess, for money. High stakes, haha, mustache is something I would like to say. <laughs>
3: So yeah, for uh, anybody out there who's looking for another simple game to play, I have the game Pick Your Poison. Now, like similar in the realm of uh, your Cards Against Humanity, kind of outlandish, crazy kind of things that would, you know, make a truck driver blush, you have these crazy scenarios of picking literally an A or B situation of what you would rather do. Now, like some of these go crazy, some, you know, are a little more... Tame in terms of what they say, like Google publishes your search history online versus, you know, something a little more crazy, like make a sex tape and give copies away for the holidays. So, you know,
0: I feel like those are complete. Those are way, I mean, I guess there's certain people. (laughs) I think the people who wouldn't mind the sex tape being released would also be the people who wouldn't mind having their search history released because they're good at
3: it. I mean, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) The uh, the stakes vary wildly across the deck. It certainly goes not so crazy, and you know, in the not safe for work version, which I just sampled from, obviously it's going to get a little you know more racy, might make you blush a little bit. Honestly, it's the uh, kind of game that really just being in a large group of people, just kind of going crazy, you know, kind of just laughing at each other over yeah. crazy things you do. If,
0: if apples to apples has gotten worn out on your in your gaming group or your party group or your you know I don't know cocktail group, what do you olds do? What do you do fondue group? What are you? Are you in a fondue group? Is that what you're doing? Listen to a podcast? Go to fondue? Do you if that, fondue? Then I would love to actually. I have my fondue set that I have not taken out in a while. I would love to do a cheese fondue, even uh, oil broth, because I have not ever tried oil <coughs> broth.
3: Are you alluding um, to I'm... a
0: fondue board game coming up? No.
3: This is... no he just really <laughs> wants fondue. This was
0: not a transition. I really want a fondue again. It's been a while.
3: So if we're going to scale things back a little bit, you know, maybe not make truck drivers blush, I, I have the game Sentai Cats, which uh, if you appreciate Power that Rangers. That sounds a
0: lot more dirty than the other one.
2: Oh, <laughs>
3: Sentai. Sen...
0: <laughs> Sentai As Cats. in right. Power
2: Rangers. Got it. I'm oh, going to be that's... honest. It still sounds dirty to me.
0: So uh, what is this about? You know, I'm I'm assuming it's about sentai
1: cats. Yeah, I I
3: mean, it's about, you know, cutesy cats fighting against gigantic robots, pretty much in a fast paced, crazy environment. And similarly, it's not too hard to pick up. You know, it's not so crazy, but it seems to be sold out anywhere. So if you can pick up a copy, please do maybe get two and send me one.
0: There you go. That's a call to action that's probably illegal. All right, anybody else have one?
1: I have an interesting game. It's a game called Secret Hitler. Um, That would have been a good transition from my Hitler thing. All right, go on. It's a game called Secret Hitler. It's kind of like Mafia, The Resistance, or Avalon, where it's an, an investigative game where you play with a group of people, and some of those people are fascists. The fascist's goal is to pass fascist laws until you're living in a completely fascist society it's a lot of fun
0: this doesn't seem like
1: a game and it's a very it's very topical. Game. Um, I'm going to say it. Uh, so. I've learned a lot, and it's an enjoyable game, and it's also something you can test out, kind of like Cards Against Humanity or other games before it. You can go online and see if you like Secret Hitler. You can download it, print it, play it, and then you can go out and buy the you super know super spiffy nice box. Yeah, exactly the really nice version of the game. Nice. Um, but it's 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 it feels almost informative uh you know in the times we're living in but it's it's also really fun and it it adds a new political spin to the the werewolf style game That sounds like a
2: call to action and I think it's illegal
0: Right All right uh speaking of uh politically significant and historically important I have a great game I played just last weekend it's called the Grizzled the Grizzled is a World War One setting card game where the object of the game it's it seems pretty simple. All you have to do is face enough hardship in the trenches to last to the day where peace is revealed. So it's it's relatively simple. There are two decks. There's a deck where there's a dove on the bottom that represents peace, the end of the war, and it's another deck that the card at the bottom is a monument that represents the fact that you and your your uh, platoon or you and your party have all died in the in the In the Great War. And as you face more and more challenging obstacles, more deadly things, that one deck gets small. Both decks start to get smaller and you have to make sure that you're facing enough danger where you're actually going to get yourself closer to the end of the war, but not too much danger where you're going to all end up dead. It's, again, pretty simplistic. It has a kind of a party feel to it. Not quite a Dungeons and Dragons and certainly not like a dungeon, (laughs) not an adventuring party, not a... Party party. Oh, okay. Uh, I was yes. going to say that. That <laughs> sounds like point. a killer party, Frank. It's not super dark either. An interesting little element of it is a lot of the developers of the game are the descendants of the people they described in the game as the soldiers you're playing in this battle, oh, which is really touching. They're talking about their grandparents and their, or their great-grandparents, and it's very, very interesting. It's definitely worth picking up. Gameplay can last about a half hour, which is good. I mean, these board games, some of these games will get into like six hour plus running time, which is extreme. I mean, even at one or two hours are, are, I would say, the majority of these advanced board games we have, but a half hour thing is nice, quick, fun, And not super fun. It's not, like, super simplistic. It's not paying a lot of money for, like, a new version of I Spy or or a matching game, you know, where some of these board games seem like they're they're retreading on some well-worn areas.
1: Mm. I was going to say, speaking of reskins, Dungeons & Dragons or Wizards just teamed up with a game company to release Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. A reskin of the Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is a horror-based tile game where you explore a, well, in this case, Baldur's Gate.
2: Baldur's Gate is a town in Dungeons & Dragons, for those of you who don't know.
1: You explore Baldur's Gate until something bad happens, and one of your party members turns against you and becomes the haunt. And then you have to defeat the haunt, or the haunt has to defeat you. This is actually a really cool retread since the game, while it's seen a re release, hasn't really had an update since its original release many, many
0: years ago. Talking about Boulder's Gate, the video game.
1: No, I'm talking about Betrayal oh, on betrayal House of the Hill. as
0: the board game. Correct. Yeah, it did get a re-release somewhat recently. It got a re-release, but it didn't But it wasn't much of an update. Well,
1: yeah. they didn't change any of the rules. They corrected a few things, and that's it. Yeah. So, th- while the D&D version has the addition of powers. Um one of the things that when I played it seemed nicer is that the haunts to party uh, com not combat, but um, you conflict. know, confrontations or conflicts seemed more balanced. Okay, um, which was something I always had a problem with, um, with the original haunts. It would either get to a version where it would just be so easy to take out the haunt, it wasn't fun, or the opposite direction. But I can't remember many experiences where the haunt was so, you know, where the level of play was very balanced. Um, and they seem to have put a lot of thought in balancing out the, the haunts for this version. But uh, where are the dice? Well, I'm, I'm, you said this was a D and D
0: game. There should be dice.
1: I mean, it has d sixes, just w- like Betrayal. Yeah, okay, if it doesn't
0: have poly dice, it doesn't count. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so there's a game. that's the Betrayal. There's a game
1: you have coming no out kind of in the same vein, and it's called Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmares, <laughs> where you sling a lot of dice. Now, you and your friends are all kind of in a dream world, and it's a kind of a risk-reward sort of game. So you get a dice pool, you take out two of them, and then you roll them, and you get successes, and you gain gems, and you get failures, and you add on to your ticks. And if you get too many dice failures of the same vein... You become a nightmare, and then you get to go and kill your friends. Oh, that's and great! And then you want to survive, and you want to fill up your power level, or you want to become a nightmare and kill your friends. So
0: it sounds neat. I'm surprised this many years later there are so many betrayal s clones.
1: I mean, there it's not. I mean, you just get
0: your card, and you just like it. It seems a, it's like a, a really much quick, sim- game. Yeah, yeah, much more simplified version. I don't know if I'd like the Boulders Gate version. there's something about the original betrayal on the house on Haunted hill that i love that game i love how crazy it is however you almost sold me james on the on the balance i know i don't know if i felt betrayal was very unbalanced but i do remember moments where i'm like well this this haunt reveal is worthless it's no one's gonna win
1: i'm gonna tell you that's what sold it for me is we played a couple of rounds and it just it did. It felt every time it just landed felt well. way more balanced. That's important. I mean, there were like 113 haunts, <laughs> so we could have just gotten real lucky. But
3: yeah, uh, speaking of speaking of reskins, there's a new version of Monopoly coming out every 20 minutes. Right. So you know, uh, you know, just in time for the holiday season, uh, Rick and Morty came out.
0: Oh, so that's... if
3: you're feeling something along the lines of, uh, you know inappropriate you know, late night yeah if you're feeling swifty, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and go out and uh buy that
0: yeah if you have a um uh, uh do know pope a late <laughs> if you have a late teen who is very into rick and morty and is it insufferable you can buy them this game and make them insufferable so here's a game that i heard of uh, i have not played yet and we haven't broken the seal on it although a friend of mine has bought it and is very exciting have you guys played the game pandemic this is not the game i'm talking about but yes. pandemic it's a yeah. it's a uh, basically
2: uh, I'm the computer or the the tabletop it's, uh,
0: I, I'm talking about tabletop. the board game I don't know if it translates over into uh, like, like if there's a digital version of it there probably is it's
1: loosely based on it but yeah we
0: get the tabletop is yeah so the tabletop game just basically it's a map and uh you play people who are working for the cdc and you're trying to stop a pandemic by collecting bacteria viruses and whatever and trying to find research and and find the cure for these pandemics before it takes over the entire world there is a board game out since apparently we are for this holiday show just pitching all these horror games called dead of winter the Long Night, which is being described as the pandemic zombie game. Ooh. So it's a game where there's a board, where there's um, figures in it. Zombies are start spreading across this map. And your goal is to try to figure out and say like resolve the zombie apocalypse before it becomes a true apocalypse and everybody dies i've heard this game is amazing there's a as far as pieces are concerned it's a lot of fun there are a lot of little figures they're all cardboard tokens and stuff but there's a lot that goes into the game i always find that interesting the gameplay of pandemic itself is wonderful if this is anywhere near as good as the game that people are comparing it to including like special abilities for every character so that certain characters are good at uh, looking for uh, equipment and other characters are good at trying to figure out what's going on with the zombies. And some people are good warriors and what have you. Everybody has their role to play in this game. If you're uh, interested in the zombie zeitgeist, but maybe like are a little sick of The Walking Dead and how everybody seems to be cut from the same cough and the same human frailties, this might be a fun game for you. I love zombie board games but I find them hard to like play regularly and still enjoy. They're fun, but eventually you can only have so many sessions that last until 4 a.m. where nobody allows somebody to win just because of spite. This thing has more of a mature board game feel to it. It's already developed, already nice, and like I like the rule set. It seems interesting. I can't wait to play.
1: So I got one last game, and it's kind of in the same vein as your zombie game or as Pandemic Legacy, Frank. It's um, definitely a game that's more for uh, adult hardcore gamers, and it's a bit of a money pit because it's a game you can only play once.
0: Oh, is this a legacy game? Is it this is actually a legacy game? Actually a legacy game. We haven't game. even talked about it. Let's give a little uh, background on what legacy games are. See, I'll just talk about Pandemic. Pandemic Legacy or Risk Legacy or any Legacy game is a game that you destroy as you play. Some of the novices who are listening to this podcast probably don't know what we're talking about. Uh, So imagine Risk is a pretty uniform game. I think most people get the basic thing. It's a map and you have figures and you move around. But as the events in the game move forward, they tell you to do things like rip a card apart or, you know, put a marker to the board that that country doesn't exist anymore. Same thing with Pandemic Legacy. There's things you do to physically damage and ruin and change the the landscape of the game itself so you can only play it once. And they typically come out as seasons. What legacy game are you talking about?
1: So the game I'm talking about is a game called Time Stories. You exist as a part of an organization in the future that has to go back in time and fix time anomalies. And each case can only be played once One because they wouldn't be They don't have a lot of replay value In the sense that they're they are a puzzle And once you figure it out Knowing how to get through it quickly Obviously kind of defeats the purpose But also because things that happen to you Affect your I'll call them your players at large Meaning you um, oh. You the person So as we've played um, The original case As well as the five additional cases With the 6-1 on the way Our characters have changed We have a card that only one player can hold on to that none of us have ever read we've had to destroy and rip up cards we found a secret item hidden in the box from a later from a, a later expansion says do you have the original time stories box open it up and look under the casing and bam there was stuff in there uh, sorry, spoilers.
0: That's awesome.
1: It's been amazing. The game is incredibly well thought out, and it's it's different every time. So you get rewards for how you complete missions, but the way you complete the mission every time kind of changes, or what's important changes. So for example, the second one, the Marcy case, we beat it on like three or four rounds. So we didn't get a lot of points. So the next game we played, we rushed through it, right? Really thinking we could get through it. And time wasn't one of the things we got rewarded for the next time we played so it really has been just it's just an incredible really well thought out game and it's it's even become kind of a multimedia experience so we were faced with a really big choice at the end of our most recent play our most recent module board game and it tells you to flip over a card you know one of the two cards based on the choice you make and there's a qr code there and to scan it and it sends you to a bunch of logs
0: oh man
1: recapping things that happen behind the scenes on. Holly- the we should story turn this into a horror movie uh on all the previous missions so it's it's really intense it's Really amazing. I really recommended it. it's four players, and I recommend obviously playing with the the same four people. We did this thing where um, we played with a group of four, and the first, one of the people who played with us had played all the other cases, but not the original. So he played the original case with us, and then we had to switch him out for another person, which isn't quite as fun uh-huh. because the same stuff doesn't happen to you because things happen not just to your character but to the player. Like I said, there's a guy That's... who had to keep who has to keep a card that we still don't know I, what it does, but it's a def- affects feels, how he plays every
0: time. This really feels a little bit like a cult. <laughs> it's I'm not sure. Amazing. Recommend to get. What's the name of the game again?
1: It's called Time Stories, and it's got a bunch of expansions, including the Marcy Case, A Prophecy of Dragons, Under the Mask, Expedition Endurance, Lumen Fide, and the um, one coming out, Estella Drive. Um, All right. The game's cost. It's a little pricey. Like I said, it's a bit of a money pit. The game's <laughs> about fifty dollars new. You can probably find it on sale and the expansions are a little cheaper at about $30. All
0: right. So yeah, I I think a lot of people are confused by legacy games or games that don't have replay value. But if you're an adult listening to this, there's a very good chance you're at the phase in your life where you can't seem to ever get the games you bought off the shelf and play it. And I think this is an answer to that. I think as people find themselves having less and less time to play these amazing games that are out there, that legacy games are kind of a way of saying, I'm going to play this once. It's going to have amazing impact. I'm only ever going to play these games once anyways. I'm going to play this one once on purpose.
1: And I'm going to tell you, this game drives you forward. After the end of the first game, we were, we were- all had our calendars open being like, okay, well, when can we play next? You know, when you have an incentive to come back, it really
0: helps. Right. Well, all right. You have more than enough on your buying list to at least get you through this holiday season. Like I said, we might come back and do another episode focusing up on particular style of tabletop games, but I like that we have a wide selection here. we have got some casual games for just for having fun. Some things are a little bit more complicated and then things that you probably should make sure that some beloved relative knows you're playing because it's almost certainly you're involved in a cult James we're gonna have to talk about the show (laughs) oh no (laughs) I don't know about this card you may or may not be carrying around in your wallet that's telling you how to live your life I'm telling you guys I
1: have to just touch every fourth thing
0: (laughs) oh goody this has been a non-productive media presentation